afternoon good evening good night my name is john my name is arvin this is behind the scenes of our best day season six and we are here with my brother pastor wow. paul doherty this is awesome so as yes. you guys know this podcast we talk about the behind the scenes of victory you know um we have this confession that we say at every chapel service elementary through high school college dream center food service everything we say our best days are right in front of us but we all know that every person, regardless how great they look on social media, yeah. has a behind the scenes yeah. of their best days. So that's what we love to talk about from ministry to personal life. And we've been trying, we've been wanting to get Pastor on this show for mm -hmm. a long time. And soon we're going to have his wife, Pastor Ashley Doherty. Um, but yeah, so welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Hey, <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Okay, so. what are your fears? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, uh, a short story, and yeah. then I'm gonna. If you, if it's okay, Do I want to pay you a compliment. Yes, and then I want to ask you a question about it. Sounds good. I went to college with a dude. He was a sweet guy, really good guy, very down to earth and normal. Spoke normally. His voice sounded normal. It's important I say that. I found his church on YouTube last night, and this dude has a Texas accent now. I don't know where it came from. And he, now he's got a southern drawl, and like, wow, that was quick. So, it was never there before. No, no, he's not even from the south. Doesn't speak that way. <laughs> it's amazing. So, and I, uh, he's a great guy, but when I was watching it, I was like, that's probably more common than I realize. So the compliment I want to give you is, as far as I know, I'm being at Victory <laughs> for 20 years. You have never changed yourself off the stage and on. And so the question I want to ask is no Texas accent. No, yeah, you've never no you've Australian never accent put on a personality to go. This is so I want to I, I wonder, though, because I feel like if that guy's a smart guy who's doing what he's doing, it's not manipulative, I don't think. But have you felt pressure to change your persona because mm. you are this person who's preaching on a platform? And how did you avoid that because I don't think that you do that. Yeah. So how have you avoided that successfully for going on ten years and and more in ministry? Yeah. I I saw people do that when I was younger, and I saw like people would go to Australia, yeah, and they would spend a week there, and they'd come back with an Australian <laughs> accent. I'm yeah. like, stop! Like you're not you're yeah. not Australian. Yeah. Um, and they would sing sometimes because I was a worship leader before I was a pastor. Yeah. And so I would be surrounded by people who would come and sing at Victory in Tulsa, and they would try to add this extra accent. And I'm like, that's not you. Come like, on, I know church. that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or people who we would be on missions trips, they'd get up on stage. And if we were in an outdoor, you know, type of crusade setting, yeah. they would change their tone of voice. And I'm like, and Jesus uh, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. Uh, the Lord. <laughs> yes. But if they order from Sonic like that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that's their normal voice, sure. Great, but yeah, it's not. It's and not. it always, it always like, um, I was always like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I would rather be myself, and if people don't like it, they can leave, than yeah. try to be someone I'm not. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just never felt natural to add any extra. Now, there are times where I am inspired by people's fashion, and I'm sure. like, okay, that's not my fashion. Sure. Could I try to pull that off? Yeah. 
normally I can't. So I, en- <laughs> I end up settling for what I'm wearing right now, which yeah. is my, my khaki pants, high waters. Yeah. I'm surprised and you're not wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I was before I got here. I had flip-flops on. Just I was so like, you guys know. I don't Behind want my the toes scenes. to be seen on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. In case this is uploaded on video or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was in my flip-flops. But, flip-flops yeah, I think, I think the normal uh, who you are is, yeah. like, so much more appealing than adding something that's not you. And so that's probably, like, at a young age, I think I was very um, turned off by adding anything that felt fake. Yeah. And that kept me from developing anything on the side that was like, I'm going to have this this about me when I get up on stage yeah. that's not actually who I really am. I yeah. just decided, no, I'll just be, be me. For sure. I wow. think what's really also that I that I enjoy is that you don't mind being like the word cringe yeah. or whatever. I'm a little yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott. Yeah. I'm a little cringy. Yeah. But one thing you actually said a few weeks ago, I can't remember if it was at all staff or in church. You're like, if you're so scared of being cringe, you're going to be right in this. Do you remember saying that in a sermon you were talking about? Don't be afraid to be cringy. Yeah. Um, like, like the, the cancel culture or, or the culture of like cool theology church, um, like you better impress me <laughs> if not, you're going to hear about it on Twitter and I'm going to leave your church. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And you were talking against that, but I forgot what you said, but it was something along the lines of like, if you live your whole life in these handcuffs of trying to, mm-hmm. it, I think it was about the fear of man versus yeah. the fear yeah. of God. Yeah. yeah. And y- you were like. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for me, one of the biggest messages that has been uh, a part of my, like, a part of who I am today and a part of the way I want to lead and pastor and and just get up and preach is caring less about trying to impress people. Yeah. And instead, allowing my embarrassing, cringy, uh, you know, quirky side out to let everyone know it's okay to be yourself and there's freedom in being yourself more than there is in trying to impress people with a a version of you that's not true yeah um and anytime i see huge specifically in i'm interrupting you but like specifically with pastors Mm -hmm. uh, over you know because at victory you have the dream center camp yeah the west dream center yeah the school pre-k through 12th grade you have a bible college you have Victory mm-hmm. Church Central. Then you have Victory Manford, Victory North Online. Yeah. You have so many entities. You think someone over all of those things would be stressed out, losing hair, <laughs> mean. Maybe I angry. am a little. <laughs> maybe I have lost some hairs, though. Right. But you I know what? I'm, I'm just saying yeah. it is refreshing to be around someone yeah. who is like free as opposed mm. to just constricted. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think one of the ways that I keep myself from being extra stressed and losing extra hair than just normal is freeing myself from the the constraints of what should I be for this guy because he's a businessman so maybe I should wear a suit and tie yeah what should I be for these cool trendy young adults who love a pastor with black rim glasses and want me to be (laughs) this trendy I don't know Judah Smith or Rob whoever it is Mike somebody else and I've realized like if I am living my life trying to be a version of a pastor that other people would be impressed by, that's I'm going to lose more hair faster. Yeah. I'm going to live more stressed, and I won't enjoy this. Yeah. One of the best pieces of advice that John and I got, we were on a mission trip. You may remember this, 11 years ago. 
2012, we went to, or maybe it was 2013, we went to Nicaragua with, uh, I want to say it was with World Compassion or mm-hmm. some, some famous, you know, mm-hmm. nonprofit yeah, organization. Jeff Foxworthy. And Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, yeah. Yeah. was on our mission trip. We're sitting on the bus, and he asks me, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor at a church. Yeah. I'm not the senior pastor. I'm a college pastor, and I pastor our Saturday night service. This was back when my mom was, when our mom was the interim pastor after dad passed away. And um, Jeff Foxworthy looks at me, he said, do you want to pastor the church someday? I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm called to do that. My dad and mom felt like maybe one day that would happen. And he was like, let me encourage you. He's like, enjoy the ride Mm. he said just close your eyes and i was like close my eyes he goes just pretend you're on a motorcycle right now yeah and i'm like sitting on the bus and he's like and papa is driving i was like who's papa (laughs) (laughs) he He grabs your knee he goes i'm papa he's like papa daddy god is uh is driving the motorcycle and you're just holding on yeah and he's like you with me i was like yeah and he's like you're gonna go down this huge hill he's like your eyes still closed i'm like yeah and he's like your hair's flying in the wind you're just happy. The temperature is perfect. You're on this backcountry road. You go flying down this hill on this Harley Davidson motorcycle. And then he's like, what do you say at the end of that hill? I'm like, I say, that was awesome. He said, that's how you should wow. treat leading and pastoring a church is that this is a fun ride. He said, otherwise, you're going to be stressed out. You're going to die young. You're going to get into all kinds of messes. Wow. So he's like, too many pastors are stressing over this thing that, that yes carries a lot of stress with it yeah but doesn't have to we add extra stress by trying to please everybody Fascinating. wow yeah so the less we try to please and the le- the more we could be ourselves and go yeah like there is a side of me that enjoys making people look at me and go oh my gosh <laughs> why is he being so ridiculous yeah. up there and i'm like this is me. This is yeah. me at home with my kids. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is me with Ashley on a date night, just being yeah. stupid, being ridiculous, yeah, yeah, joking. Yeah. yeah. So I need to let that side of me out when yeah. I'm preaching or pastoring or right. whatever. Absolutely. Because then they'll have permission to do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you're Relax. a walking permission slip. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Like you're giving people permission. Yeah. I was joking with Caleb Taranzo behind the camera. Our producer. Um, Shout yeah. out. Two weeks ago, I was recording the audiobook for my new book, Mind Games. Nice. Come on. Yeah. I was having fun with it. Yeah. But. That week, I did not even think about what I was wearing because I was in the studio most of the time. Uh-huh. So I just showed up, dropped my kids off at school, didn't even look at what I was wearing or how my hair looked. He's in there videoing me to make like a commercial about my book. Yeah, He shows me the footage, and I'm like, I look like Adam Sandler <laughs> on... You in know, New York. When he well, Adam Sandler just never cares about what Dude, he looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I just look like him right now. <laughs> like, he always walks around like he didn't care yeah. about what he wore that day. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. huge hoodies yeah. and flip-flops with socks. Giant and like, shorts. Looks yeah. like he just woke up out of bed. So I was like, can we reshoot the video where I look a little better? <laughs> so we did. But... Anyways, that's funny. Yeah, just gotta have fun. Congrats on your first book. Thank yes. you. What was Mind it like games. to write that? What was that process? It was long, and it was, uh, it was frustrating. I actually wrote the book four times before I landed on the current yeah version that's yeah. now coming out. Yeah. So I started writing it like six, seven years ago. Yeah. With what was that like twenty seventeen? I started writing it in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Um, wow. And and then so eight years ago, sure. and and then like what I came up with, I was happy with it, but I wasn't sold on this being the yeah. right the right script, the yeah. right book. Yeah. 
and I would show it to Ashley. I would show it maybe maybe parts of it to John or my friend Henshaw. Yeah. Have you guys ever had Henshaw on here? We no, haven't. We, have we should. Yeah, he's our he's our executive. But yeah, that'd be so awesome. I would show it to different people, and they were like, "Hey, this is good." And I'd be like, "I just don't think it's the right one." Yeah. So then I worked with different people who were helping me find my voice, sure. and I finally found someone two years ago that was hearing what I was saying, and they said, "I want to help you put that together." Yeah. And so he wanted to stay anonymous. So he he basically uh, helped me find a way to put my words yeah. from a sermon style preaching message sure. into something that would make sense in a book. Yeah. And um, and so then we did that together. But then after that, I still wasn't like super thrilled with it. Yeah. And I showed it to a publisher. The publisher really liked it. They they signed me with their publishing group, Hachette. Yeah. And um, they just they they've released a lot of big books for a lot of preachers, mm -hmm. ministers and people that aren't in ministry. Sure. Um, and so then after showing them the script, they were like, yeah, I still think there's room for you to add more of your voice even more into this. And yeah. so which it is my voice through and through. But sure. they were like, give yourself permission to be brutally honest yeah. with people about your own mental and emotional moments of struggling and feeling discouraged mm -hmm. and battling depression and battling a suicidal moment in my life mm -hmm. and and battling trauma and anxiety yeah. in the past so the book finally was finished this summer yeah. and comes out in january heck yeah awesome. january so the book is called yeah. mind games yeah and it comes out january 2024 yeah right around conference that's right yeah that's yep. right uh, that's two right. weeks before conference so yeah. 245 pages of wow. just yeah. pure, like, yeah. raw, genuine moments in my life where my mind and my heart needed to know how to get through things that felt hard to get through. Yeah. And you actually read. I did. You read the previous version. So I figured. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 I yeah. went back. Yeah. Three months, uh, three months after you read what uh -huh. was there. Yeah. I changed 120 pages. Amazing. So that was hard. Yeah. So the, the writing process was fun, but it was sure, hard. And sure. it was also like, yeah. how do I really help people? And someone gave me some piece of advice. They said, no matter how many times you change it, after this book comes out, you're going to want to change it again. Sure. So just let it come out. Yeah. And in your next book, whatever yeah. it is that you didn't say or yeah. you wish you would have said, yeah. put, put it in, your put it in yeah, the yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. so cool. Man. That's fascinating. Yeah, what were you going to ask? I have so many questions, dude. Yeah, yeah anyway, I, I, because there's several reasons why. One, being at Victory for so long, watching Victory from a distance and now getting to be up close to it. Um, it's getting more and more rare for places like this to operate mm. like they do. And uh, That's interesting. It's an era where people, I think, there's not really, it's not very well thought out, but people are like, it's more than enough to just go, look, see, look what they did. Look what's wrong here. Look what's happened, whatever. Yeah. And that doesn't really go anywhere. But um, so I'll, I'll boil it down to some questions. One thing that I've observed, because I'm also a PK and I've watched, I've asked my dad about this and I want to ask you about it too. There is the study and sermon prep that happens for a sermon that you're going to give like you always say sunday's always coming saturday sunday is going to happen and then also sometimes wednesdays also you know you preach at chapels during the week um so how do you distinguish between the study you do for sermon prep and then also 
you as a man want to know the Lord and grow close to him and read the word for the sake of like, how do you distinguish between the, how do you approach that? What's your mindset mm-hmm. toward those things? Yeah. I think I know what you should say. Yeah. Answer <laughs> Ask the question. It one more time. Yeah. Ask it I, one more there's time. the, di- there's, I'll say it like this. When I was growing up and I wanted to be a preacher, yeah. I would only read the Bible so I could figure out what I was going to preach. I see. Okay. And, but then over time, life happens and you go, oh, I should be reading this for myself f- so I can be the version of myself I think I yes. need to be. Like, how can I be real about this? So I'm curious, how do you approach that? Those two things. Those two things. Yeah. It's hard not to be reading my Bible or listening. I listen a lot to my Bible app. Actually, I, I pull up the Victory app, and we yeah. have a Bible reading plan that allows you to read through the Bible in a year. Yeah. And you can either read it on your phone or you can listen to it. And mm-hmm. I listen to it because That's life, what I do. life yeah, is man. so busy sure. that when I'm dropping my kids off at school, they're yeah. talking nonstop. Right yeah. now, we, by the way, in case you're watching this and don't know, we have five kids. Yeah. I say it almost every week yeah, in my yeah, sermons. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, but, but we have a, need to know we have a yeah. nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And so their chatter and questions are questions and chatter and thoughts, and mm-hmm. it's nonstop. Fighting, crying. It's from 6 a.m. till about 8.30 to 9 p.m. So wow. when I'm with them, I yeah. can't just be sitting and being like, sure. New King James, what's sure. God talking yeah, to me? Yeah, Genesis. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, no, there's no space for that. When I get yeah. them dropped off at school, yeah. before I have meetings, I have space. Yeah. And normally my mind has a hard time just sitting and reading the print. So I will listen to my Bible on my app. I'll sit in my car. I'll get a coffee from Nordagio's. Yeah, nice. Um, or I'll bring a coffee from home. Sure, come on. And I will, which is what I've been doing more of, saving nice. money. Absolutely. Come yeah. on. Same, yeah. And so um, I'll listen to the Bible app. And it's hard when I'm listening to it not to think of sermon ideas. Sure. but. I try to always pull something away from what is God speaking to me right now. Yeah. And I always listen to one or two podcasts during the week mm-hmm. that are from other ministries that can encourage me, speak life into me. Yeah. And Who are some people that you feel encouraged by that are other ministers? I love listening to Stephen Furtick. Yeah. yeah He's absolutely. like my, my weekly podcast that yeah. I like to listen to. What, what do you like about him? I also like that he's free to be himself. Whenever I'm listening to him, I'm like, this is who he is off the stage. Because you've met him. Yeah. And I've hung out with him and his kids, and he's come and preached here three times. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being around him, I'm like, I know. And even if you weren't around him, the way that he shares his life and stories and kids and marriage and flaws and failures, you kind of realize, like, this is him. Yeah. Like he's not fronting anything. He's not putting on an accent. Yeah. So yeah. it helps me to receive from someone who I personally like that style anyways. Sure. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. uh there's other preachers who I've tried to listen to weekly and it's not as consistently sure. like okay. feeding. Say sure. their names. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, just chill. Just chill. I know you guys wanted to hear him say that's funny. That's funny. No, no, but that I mean, everyone has their thing. Like yeah. you know, I really, really love Bishop T D Jakes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I listen to him often. Like yeah, he he's someone who just like whenever yeah. he speaks, I'm like, he sees me, I cry. <laughs> I yeah. used some of his ideas this last week in my sermon. Really? Oh yeah, with Elijah and Elijah. Yeah, did Beautiful. you feel that? Were you like, I, I felt like that, heard that as far as yeah, seeing yeah. it before you see it. Yeah. But um, yeah, 
He one time listened to one of my messages. Actually, he told me he has listened to more than one, which freaked me out because I'm like, he's the greatest. (laughs) What is it like having Bishop T.D. Jake say, I've listened to your sermons? Yeah, he's the greatest preacher in the planet, in my opinion, but uh, him and Ferdy. And they've both told me they listen to my sermons, which (laughs) made me just like want to hide and go, oh, Lord, like I know I'm not that good. I know it's I know it's rough. Like, why did you why did you put yourself through that? And um, they were like, No, they're like it was good. They're like I picked up on some of my stuff coming from you. I'm like Amazing. I know. Amazing. I use Amazing. a lot of your ideas. Uh, I always try to package it through my own personality and words. Of but course. they have so. And this is what he said. He said actually, I think it's brilliant. He said that's what I do. Mm-hmm. He said many people don't know who. And he didn't tell me who it is. He mm-hmm. has learned from growing up. Yeah. But he's like, most of my ideas sprung from mm-hmm. other older preachers mm-hmm. who gave me ideas, lines of thinking to go. If I was looking at this scripture the way that they looked at the scripture. Yeah. And he said, mm-hmm. it's OK to take the idea mm-hmm. of looking at that scripture and going, why did Elijah pick mm-hmm. Elisha? What did he see in him? That, mm-hmm. And so, for example, this last week I preached that sermon. Yeah. And we're in um, our series called Prophets, which yeah. is really awesome. Regardless of when you hear this or see this um, podcast, you should go look up Prophets on Victory Tulsa YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, a lot of the ideas for that sermon came from my personal Bible reading, personal time, just mm-hmm. praying, thinking. But then there were ideas that I got from a podcast I had listened to from Bishop Jakes, from yeah. Furtick. So to answer your question, there is constant um, food that yeah. I'm digesting spiritually yeah. from the Bible, from devotions, from other messages, from other people that can speak into my life personally. Yeah. And then there's also parts of that food that comes back through my sermons sure. Sure. that's alongside of sermon research. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's all kind of mixed together. Okay, yeah, so outside of like kids and sermons and doing the meetings and leading these entities, like what is something that you're like, this is what I enjoy doing? Pickleball. That's pickleball. my current. Nice. I love. What just happened over at Victory Park? We just built two pickleball courts at Victory. Nice. And it wasn't my doing, but yeah. there was a family in the church that also loves pickleball and they said, we want to wow. give financially specifically to build some pickleball courts at Victory so that church members and students and Victory College students and Victory Christian School students can always play pickleball on site, on campus. And I was like, the pickleball dream come true. (laughs) Pickleball preacher. So I've been playing the last, uh, it just finished a week ago and I've been playing like the last five days. So if you ever play against someone who attends church here, (laughs) do you take it easy on them? No. Good. Out of respect. But yesterday yeah. <laughs> I did because some of the Victory College students have never played a game in their life. Yeah. And you could have crushed their dreams. <laughs> I didn't want to make it so bad where it's like they don't I'm even get a chance. Yeah. So I wanted to like teach them. And I had my son Liam out there and I was teaching Liam how to play. Yeah. And so I'm going to go easy when it's when it's That's helping fair. people. That's kind. Yeah. yeah. But like, are you are you a competitive person? Yes, I am competitive. Me and Ashley both are competitive. Ashley is. What does Pastor Ashley do? <laughs> what do you mean as a like, hobby? Yeah, she she really gets into tennis. So you guys yes. are racket people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll play her in tennis, and we'll go hard competitive against each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, and she's gonna say when you interview her, she's gonna say she normally wins. But the truth <laughs> is, it's a healthy fifty-fifty. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. often I win against her? Yeah. That's good. I love that. Okay. Do you have any like 
funny stories from ministry over the last few years that you go, oh, my goodness, this is something that I probably couldn't share. Mm. But like thinking about missions trips or guest speakers or something, yeah. I, I've told stories of in the green room when <laughs> Pastor John Gray gave me his number. <laughs> and <laughs> what happened? Okay, so Pastor John Gray was preaching here. Yeah. Fantastic. He was just like, hey, man, let's meet up. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't have my phone on me. And he wrote down his number and put it on a piece of paper. And then I, I forgot what happened, but I put it on the dinner table. I was helping. Yeah. Like, I was <laughs> editing photos. I was helping clean up the dishes. Yeah. And it had been sitting there. And John Gray came over, and he goes, bro, they were going to throw this away. You don't value my number. And I go, Oh, and he's like, it's been sitting there. He goes, I've looked at it and it's been sitting there for like 35 <laughs> to 40 minutes. And I go, no, 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 I want it. And he goes, man, no. And crumpled it up, ripped it up and put it in the trash can. He was mad at you. Yeah. yeah. And I go, Oh, and I, me and him have also oh. had some other interactions that have just been funny. Now, he is a fantastic <laughs> man of God. Of I love Pastor John yeah. Gray. But like things like that oh, to where you're like, oh, gosh. man. Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. no. I laugh every single week at ministry, ridiculous, funny moments. So I probably have a thousand stories. Honestly, I, I'd i have to think I, I didn't come prepared. No, that's okay. Stories, yeah. but, okay, um, well, if I say something, maybe you'll think of this. I I'll tell you guys a funny story sure. that didn't happen to me. happened to someone else. So. Okay. okay. There was, I was talking with a guest speaker in the last two years at our church, and they said they used to be, okay, so when they were really young, they were really inspired by a famous author minister named Mike Murdoch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they were like huge Mike Murdoch fan, school yeah. of wisdom, like read yeah. his books. He's kind of a John Maxwell wisdom guy. Yeah. He's also an interesting character. If you've ever watched his show, he's got like a eccentric. He's got a nice mustache. Yeah. He's kind of like uh, the the '80s famous mustache man. What was yeah. that guy's name? Celebrity guy. Tom uh, Selleck. Yeah. yeah, kind of yeah. a Tom yeah, Selleck yeah. mixed with like Burt Reynolds kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. Just very intense and very like the wisdom. Yeah. And um, so this this young minister who's now a famous minister, I won't say who he is, sure. but he was telling me he was really inspired, and he kept writing letters to Mike Murdoch. And so finally, Murdoch was like, if you really want to become my disciple, then he said, you got to move to where I live and you got to start volunteering just to serve me. And yeah. so this young guy decided to follow that hunch because he was like, this is my burning bush. Like, yeah. I'm being called yeah. out. He's like, yeah. he's Elijah. I'm Elisha. <laughs> yeah. Or Elijah. So Elijah. he signed up to be an intern under Mike Murdoch, like a volunteer. And he's like, God just told me, like, carry his Bible, be yeah. his armor bearer. Like, yeah. be, armor bearer is such him. a term that no one else <laughs> yeah. understands. Outside armor bearer, in case you're watching or listening, is like, uh, I don't actually don't know what it is, but yeah. I don't have any armor. <laughs> it's bears. Robin to Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, so he said this is where it gets crazy. I was just telling this because I preached in Poland a couple weeks ago and the Poland pastor asked me if I knew Mike Murdoch, which is why the story is in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why? And he goes, because he's my hero and i go i'm gonna burst your bubble for a second <laughs> and he goes why and i go because this story that i have is going to make you cringe he goes so, don't tell so me. what happened so what happened so i was like do you want to hear it and he goes i do want to hear it but i'm also nervous and i was like okay then i won't tell you and he's like okay no, so this gotta guy, tell me okay get back on track with this <laughs> guy so i ended up telling that pastor but so this minister he was uh he said 
he's like, multiple things happened that were very odd. He said, uh, eventually, I finally felt the release to leave Murdoch's ministry. But he said, I'll tell you a couple of the things. That what are the things? I'm going to get there. Okay. I'm setting up the story. We're building suspense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> runway is forever. Let's take the flight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So he said a uh, couple things that happen on a regular basis. But he said one time. Um, he said. <laughs> he said Murdoch, Murdoch was at uh, out to eat, and they were sitting at this table, and he's eating, and he looks at this guy, and he goes, "Hey," he goes, "The man of God really had a tough day today." And he was referring to himself in third person. Awesome. And so the young minister was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Murdoch," and he was like. Holy Spirit's telling me that you need to massage my feet right now. Wow, <laughs> dude. And so he said, I need you to take off my shoes. So he puts his feet up while he's eating steak. Puts his feet up on another chair. He tells the minister to get on his knees. Takes his shoes off. They're at a restaurant? Takes it at, Steak at a restaurant. restaurant. He's eating steak. Starts massaging and the his guy feet. The guy at the bottom is having Doritos. <laughs> And, and so the young minister was like, I was already about to throw up. It's already a difficult task just yeah. following the man of God. Yeah. And um, But he's like, now I'm like massaging his toes while he's eating steak and mashed potatoes. Is he going and in between the creases with his fingers? <laughs> but he said, this happened regularly. He said, after this moment, I became his foot masseuse on a regular basis. He would call me, ask me to come to his hotel room and just massage That's his feet awesome. after a long day of speaking or like recording. Incredible. Uh, we may not show this. No, no, no. We can edit this out. Continue. Yeah, we can Please. edit this out. Do your thing. But yeah, you're good. Anyways, that was one of the stories that Fantastic. just stood out to me. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so do you we've been in the green room when people told us crazy things about yeah, the president. Oh, interesting. Yes. Have you ever talked about Perry Stone? We have not talked about him. Let's hear it. Let's so, <laughs> so, pr so, uh, President King uh -huh. Perry Stone yeah. <laughs> um, manifest. has manifest, and he actually—he's awesome. If you ever watch this, Perry Stone, we love you. You're yeah, incredible. and Perry Stone has great revelation of Scripture. He is very extreme. What does he have? Aspergers or something? I really He's feel bad saying this on this podcast. No, 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 no. We'll edit it he out. He has verbally no said, listen, guys, come on. <laughs> he has verbally said from our pulpit that he has Asperger's. He's very close with Jensen Franklin. They grew up together. They went to the same seminary together, all those yeah. types of things. So he gets, the way he talks, he talks like a genius from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And if you are a person that doesn't work on that genius mental level when it comes to scripture and mm -hmm. theology, and he's able to swing things back, the reason why he's able to do that is because of how his brain works. Yeah. He, it, he, it's so brilliant. A beautiful mind. It's yeah, a beautiful yeah. mind. It's, yeah, he's yeah. Russell Crowe type of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Russell. Yeah, Russell Stone. <laughs> Russell Stone. <laughs> Anyways, wait. So, so here's but, the story. But he has we, all of this insider information okay, about the White House this. and the president. <laughs> when I first stepped in as pastor in 2014, nine years ago, uh, our mom had been the interim pastor for five years after dad passed away. She was a huge Perry Stone fan. So she told me, Paul, for your first year of pastoring, I've lined up all the guest speakers. So you aren't going to bring anybody in. It's me. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So she had lined up Perry Stone to do a five-day revival. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. I said, am I hosting him or you host? She was like, you're going to host him. I was like, okay. So, you know, the revival went great. He brings in all of his partners. It's, you know, awesome. 
interesting messages all like mixing together all kinds of different you mm -hmm. know tornadoes and disasters yeah. and the book of revelation and yeah. jerusalem and america and but the green room was probably the funniest stuff because I thought I thought we were hearing yeah. the unfiltered thoughts on stage, and he would go unfiltered for two hours in a sermon. Wow! And it was wild. People yeah. loved it. People I'm ate sure. it up because yeah. it was a mixture of like humor, and he talks really fast. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's stuff. what I'm saying. It's the way his brain works. Yeah. But the green room got wild. <laughs> the amount of crazy behind the scenes stories he was telling about his inside secret service friends that worked in the white house wow. under the obamas under the bushes wow. under the clintons and he's telling us things that i'm like this can't be true and he's <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah he's like i got secret service agents they've been in the room wow. when these people were changing and i'm like what <laughs> and he's telling us yeah. things about it is, it, it's, people's anyways, all kinds of stuff yeah, 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 yeah so no worries. The, the, no worries. The this is for us is, <laughs> i know this is just for us right? <laughs> no this is good this no, is good no i'm with you it, yeah. the point is is yeah. that there is so much behind the scenes of ministry because bottom yes. line is this is that every person that you guys see on a podcast or on a stage is a human yeah and yeah. every human has unique quirks and niches and certain yeah. things that they're into, whether it is pickleball or presidents. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's your episode title, right? Pickleball there. and presidents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyways, but I just think it's always fun to hear from a pastor and not just pastor Paul, but actually Paul David as a human. Mm. And so anyways, we wanted to say thank you. Yeah. For being on today. Yeah. We're super pumped about your book. Do we talk about anything good though? Is there anything that y'all want me to say that we that we didn't say that was I mean, no. I still have plenty of questions if you're down to keep going and, and Yeah. And it's up to you. Well then guys. keep yeah. going. Okay, okay, okay. Um there is the the He's <laughs> <laughs> like I got plenty of questions. <laughs> no, keep going. No, no, I always want to John leaves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have an eleven AM. But I want <laughs> listen, this is oh really good. Goodness. This is really good. Okay. Arvin has three more questions. No, I can. Yeah. Let me let me say this. Um, Tell me. Most people who participate in our podcast watch it. <laughs> John just we'll, left we'll the podcast. With this. this is awesome. Love we'll it. play this out in marketing like it's a whole thing. Uh, most people who observe, watch this stuff, whatever, they have their own assumptions of what it's like. Mm. Where you stand, though, the position God has placed you in, it's very clear God put you there. So when you observe the landscape of Christianity in the United States today, what is most exciting to you? And what are you most concerned about in terms of, oh, that's going to require care and attention? And you can go in either direction you want. Mm. I guess the most exciting thing is, 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 is more fun to talk about. So feel free to go that route if you'd like. But yeah, what's most exciting to you these days as you look at the landscape of Christianity? I think probably the most exciting thing is being around people who aren't dissecting and deconstructing mm -hmm. the church, mm -hmm. but people who are genuinely hungry for mm -hmm. a... Um, a community of broken believers yeah. who are all learning and growing together, mm -hmm. building the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. using our resources, our finances, our gifts, our talents, our time mm -hmm. um, to minister to people and to minister to each other. That excites me. Yeah. It excites me to be around 
99.9% of who's already here in the church building yeah. and ministering. The 0.1% are the people who come and go, uh-huh. and they're usually not really here long. Mm-hmm. And, but when they are here, it seems like that 0.1%, it's such a small— I don't I almost don't even want to give sure. focus to it, but to answer your question, sure. what concerns me is that 0.1%. Mm-hmm. Is not they don't last long here, mm-hmm. but I do think they last at other places, mm-hmm. and those other places feed a narrative of deconstructing yeah. the Bible, deconstructing yeah. evangelicalism, deconstructing uh, mm-hmm. mega churches sure. or whatever. And it's like that movement mm-hmm. concerns me because it doesn't go anywhere. Sure. I've met people who are on the other side of that mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. And majority of them mm-hmm. are no longer following Jesus, sure. don't believe in God, yeah. are not living generously with their finances. Because, by the way, one of the things the church does do mm-hmm. that people have criticized is it challenges people to live generously. Yeah, A generous person, regardless if they're a Christian or not, mm-hmm. is going to have a more blessed life. Mm-hmm. A great So a lot of the great things that church and Christianity and even evangelicalism mm-hmm challenges people to do mm-hmm. actually leads to a blessed life yeah when people deconstruct that or they join these it's crazy to me that there are churches today mm-hmm. that are built off of the deconstruction movement. that's right that's right yeah and they they have deconstructed mm-hmm. tithing they have deconstructed the holy spirit they mm-hmm. have deconstructed miracles they've deconstructed um any type of leadership in the church. No one's supposed to be a leader. There is no pastor or preacher. And it's like, hold on, that's anti-scripture. Yeah. And they've talked themselves out of a scripture-based church Mm -hmm. into a humanistic. Yeah. What's your opinion, Arvin? What's your opinion, Daniel? What's your opinion, Caleb? What's Mm -hmm. your opinion? And Mm -hmm. they've built movements off of their opinions. And now they don't know what they believe. Yeah. And so now they have to refer, everyone's got multiple pronouns and they don't know who they are. Yeah. And they don't know how to define a woman or a man Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. marriage. And it's like, I'm not saying there's something wrong with these people, but I am saying it leads to less clarity and it seems like it leads to more open-ended Confucius confusion. Yeah. Where it's like, we don't know where we're going. Yeah. But I'm like, scripture tells us where we're supposed to be going. Yeah. But you... You threw scripture out through deconstruction. So yeah. what concerns me is yeah. when people jump on that bandwagon, thankfully, I don't see a lot of people in our church jumping on that bandwagon yeah. because we are such a Bible-based church. Yeah, People who are on that bandwagon usually leave our church to go find sure. a church that is less biblical. Sure, yeah. That, that cares less about the um, authority of scripture right. and right. the authority of... Yeah. The word of God. You yeah, know? that's a great answer. Now, by the way, I'm enjoying this very much. And I also want to respect your time. So at any yeah. point that you're like, I'm not I'm kind of good. Let's go. Let me know. But okay. there's a, a specific topic that I am most recently uh, observing. Yeah. And I really want to ask you about it because yeah. it's I've been on staff for five years. Tell me. And it's really, really intriguing to me because it goes in tandem with what you just said about. Uh, those who will deconstruct and then jump in and out of like the whole thing. Yeah. I'm old enough now. I'm 30 where the majority of kids I went to Christian high school with 
are no longer following Christ. Mm. And they'll give you very valid reasons. Well, this is what happened. This is what happened. Da, da, da. And then also a lot of people I went to college with, same kind of thing. And they have all these reasons for it whatsoever. I'm also now on the tail end of it where some people I that were going through that at 22 to 25, on the back end at 30, they're like, honestly, like there's not much else out there. And that was yeah. the assumption they had. So what I want to talk to you That's about. That's good. Yeah. No, right. No, senses. absolutely. A lot of them have. I had a buddy the other day who was the most staunch anti-scripture person, would make fun of me when he saw my Bible when I had it with me. Mm. Is like, hey, can I? Now I gave him one because he's like, wow. there's nothing. He's in his late 30s. He's like, I don't think it's there's beautiful. anything else out there. But one thing I'm observing, and this is something really important as we look at the future of what it's going to be like to be a person of God in the 2040s and 50s, is the co- topic of spiritual covering. Yeah. Um, there was a two-year period, and my dad instigated this when I was in my early 20s, where I was like, well, why do we do Sunday morning? Why Sunday morning? Why this? Why that? I was asking these. I never really had questions of, like, does God exist or not? I had seen too much to know, like, I'm not here if he's not. Yeah. So. But I, my dad was like, take some time because I was doing worship for his church and whatever. And he's like, you need to stop serving for a second. Wow. Because uh, and it saved my faith in Christ, to be honest with you. Wow. Uh, I was getting really burned out. But then I took a couple years and I would just do what I wanted on Sunday mornings. This mm. is years and years ago. And the thing I noticed that now I'm, I can speak words to. Yeah. Is that the idea of spiritual covering. Because what tends to happen, and you haven't said this, I'm not attributing this to you. I'm saying this as my observation. It's not representative of victory whatsoever. I have watched a very slippery slope with people I know who go from, I'm involved in a church, and then they go, now I'm going to go to this smaller gathering. And usually those are based around like deconstructing. They have that commonality, trauma bonding kind of. And then... There's one sentence I always hear, and that's when I know it's over, is when they go, I don't think the Bible is inerrant anymore. I think that the Bible is an awesome book, and it's from God. I think Jesus was a good guy, but I don't think it's perfect. I want to, I'm now, and this has been a long intro to this question. I just want to hear your thoughts on this, because as I'm 30 now, my wife and I are thinking about having kids in the future. We're thinking about our calling in life. What does God want us to accomplish, and who does he want us to be? I am observing as a man. So I want to try and speak to you just man to man for a moment. Um, You and Pastor Ashley are a spiritual covering. And victory is a spiritual covering for Mm. a lot of people. And I know what it's like to be outside of a spiritual covering. And I know the, the daunting just wave after wave of disturbing thoughts that can come to a person outside of a spiritual covering. And most people take it for granted. How did you guys become the spirit? Like creating that is, I think the most expensive thing in being a man of God. So as much as you're willing to share and however you want to answer, this will be the right answer. What are your thoughts on that whole spiritual covering concept? And how did you guys come to be that to where people can find refuge and safety here at Victory? Yeah. How did we come to be a spiritual covering? Yeah. Or how did we get our own spiritual covering? Both, honestly, whichever one okay. you like. I, I, bo- <laughs> I mean, both are very important. So, yeah, I mean, growing up, my dad was my spiritual covering, him and my mom, mm-hmm. and Victory as a whole. Yeah. And then as I got older, even before he passed away, 
I started realizing I need other spiritual leaders to cover me beyond my parents' faith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's when I started leaning into different mentors in my life that I wanted to speak into me as a covering for me. Um, even with me and Ashley, when we started dating and got mm-hmm. engaged, we invited some older, wiser, married people that could challenge us yeah. on how we lived as a married couple and, yeah. and even how we lived as a, a couple that was dating and got engaged. Um, I've always been a big believer that we're safer with a covering than we are on our own. I've yeah. seen young guys who got into ministry and had no covering and storms are going to come. Like yeah. you can't stop storms from coming in your life. Right. But the man who builds his house on the rock can stand the man who has a sandcastle. Mm-hmm. that's going to go into the water. Right. Yeah. For me, that rock, that foundation is the covering of people mm-hmm. who understand how to handle storms, yeah. how to handle loss, how to handle pain, how to handle your own mistakes and mm-hmm. the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. And people who are older, wiser, tested, who've walked through 30, 40 years of life, 40, 50, 60 years of life, yeah, they have a whole lot more grace, maturity, understanding. The older we get, the mm-hmm. more grace we live with because we realize mm-hmm. I'm flawed, they're flawed, the mm-hmm. whole world is flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're young, everything feels like this is the first time I've ever encountered this. This yeah. is the first. What do I do? I can't believe this happened. And you can overreact in moments because of yeah. no covering. So right. we've leaned into that covering. We've tried to be that covering for other people who didn't want it mm-hmm. because they wanted to make decisions apart from any counsel. Yeah. And I've seen people run from the covering of God because it contradicts what they feel. Right. So for me and Ashley, We've come to the conclusion we have to run every major decision we make as a church by our spiritual covering. Yeah. They've told us you can't make a massive decision mm-hmm. that impacts the whole church yeah. without sitting and talking with us. And we want that. Right. We told them that we want that and they yeah. hold us accountable to yeah. them. We also do that with our board of elders. So mm-hmm. we have a separate covering that's called the board of elders. Yeah. These are people who live in Tulsa, go to church at Victory. Most of them are not on staff and they sit on the board and they help vote on major decisions for the church. Yeah. And they also check up on me. They check up on Ashley. They make sure we're okay. We need that. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where a lot of people are uncovered. Mm -hmm. And when you're uncovered, you're going to go through storms and it's going to hurt you Mm -hmm. and it's going to cost you even more because you have not leaned into a covering. Yeah. But where there's a covering storms and crisis and loss and pain Mm -hmm. doesn't have to cost you as much yeah because that covering is there to go hey look we're gonna help you get through this we're gonna minister to you we're gonna be there for you and i think that's what ashley and i try to be for a lot of people that come to victory we just say hey how much do you want us in your lives yeah um we can't be there for every church member there's fifteen thousand church members yeah but for the people who are on our staff, mm-hmm. we try to be there for them, especially those in key positions. Yeah, There's 420 staff members, so we can't do it for every single one. Sure, sure. By the way, that number is not the number of church staff. That's including right. the school, yeah. the Dream Center, the camp, the college. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. church employs about 100 people, but yeah. the other entities. So we try, to, we try to be a covering for people. Yeah. What does that mean? That means 
Arvin, if you came to me and said, hey, I've decided no longer to follow Christianity, I'm into Buddhism, mm-hmm. I'd say, well, am I your covering? Am I your pastor? Mm-hmm. Or am I, are you telling me this? Or are you asking me for counsel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. If I'm your covering, you're going to say, I haven't landed on this, but I'm really wrestling with Christianity. Would you speak into me as my pastor, as mm-hmm. my covering? Then I can go, Arvin, we've all wrestled with questions about the Bible, about Christianity, yeah. about God. Let's talk through those questions in a healthy way so that way you don't lose your belief system. Or let's say uh, a staff member came to Ashland and said, I'm going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. I'm done with my spouse. I'm mm-hmm. mad at them. Mm-hmm. Then Ashley would say, "Am I your pastor, or are you just telling me right. what you're going to do?" Because yeah. if I'm your pastor, yeah. then I have a, a responsibility to hold you accountable to what does God's word say about marriage, and do you have a reason to divorce this person right now? Yeah, biblically, and is it the wisest thing to do for your children and your and your whole community? Mm-hmm. And if that person accepts a spiritual covering of Ashley or mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. then that means they are willing to change their decision. Yeah even if it goes against their feelings or their sense of if a spiritual, a true spiritual covering should have the ability in our lives Mm -hmm. to help us make decisions that would please God. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it is giving up control. Yeah. But it's not for the sake of them being in control of our lives. Yeah. It's for the sake of us surrendering to people who know better than us. Yeah, absolutely. People who don't want a spiritual covering, I honestly think, carry a lot of pride sure. and the fear of losing control. Right. So it's like, um, if you don't agree with me, then, you know, right. I'm going where I want to yeah, go. Absolutely. I'm going to go find people who do agree with me. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, is more dangerous than being under control and under authority. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your you question. You certainly did. And I'm, I'm curious about it. Yes, from a observational place, but also now realizing like every man who has a family is that covering for his family. And I'm realizing now more than ever that it is it can be almost boring, but it's so important. It's like the ceiling of your house. It just sits there. It doesn't really. But the fact that it's there mm. keeps my house warm or cold, whatever I want it to be way to put it. from rain, from snow, from all this stuff. And so I'm realizing now there I'm going to use that example. Please do. Oh, I'd be so honored if that if you said that. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm realizing now when you're a child in the house, you just think that everything is just there. There's a roof over my head mm-hmm. and you don't realize the roof over my head, whether it's literally the roof or f- like figuratively your parents, your family, your your father, they're experiencing the elements outside differently. And so I wonder about and I'm you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a young, ambitious guy. There's so many dreams I have in my heart. Um, and I I. When I was younger, I thought, oh, you just have the talent and you just work hard and you go there. And I didn't account for like friction and gravity and the elements Mm. and now at at 30 i am significantly more humbled by anything that i look at i'm it's so hard for me to judge a leader in any position because i'm like there are elements there's snow rain blistering heat that nobody knows that they Mm. are being hit by Mm -hmm. so as someone who serves in that role for a lot of people uh, is there anything you want to say about the private cost 
of being a spiritual covering for a lot of people. Mm. I mean, I think you just said it really well that every person who's in charge of something that people see. So whether it's a pastor or a CEO or whatever, yeah, superintendent, there is there's hundreds of battles we don't know about, maybe thousands. The longer they're there that have uh, affected them mm-hmm. and that impact them in a way that we will we will never know yeah. and that probably also gives them the authority yeah to be in that place of you know i heard td jake say this there's a lot of people who want what i have but they don't know what i went through yeah to be where i am today and yeah. they if they knew a fraction of it they would not want what i have yeah because it has cost me in many ways and i would say the same thing i yeah. think yeah um never envy another man's Mm -hmm. opportunities because connected in that is a thousand storms and battles we aren't aware of that has cost them in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the longer I'm in this, the more I realize why people like Tommy Barnett Mm -hmm. told me he's 84 and he's been in ministry. He pastored for 60 years Wow! and he pastored a mega church Mm -hmm for 50 of those 60 years. Yeah. So a church over 2000 people in America, yeah. I guess, you know, would sure. be considered mega in that way. Yeah. And he said, he said, I wanted to quit at least a hundred times. Wow. I wrote wow. my resignation to the board and I never handed it to him. I kept it in my desk. Yeah. And he said, it seemed like every year or sometimes four times in a year, I would pull out that resignation and I would change wording and I would think about putting it in Yeah, because he said, it's so hard. It's so hard to give your life for people that can leave you on a dime and can make you feel this, you know, big. And I think just the amount of personal, uh, the more you put your life into something and the more that you feel disappointed by it, Yeah, the more painful it is. But then that means the longer you stay, if you aren't guarding your heart yeah. with all of that pain, you yeah. can become a very embittered yeah. uh, person. Yeah, and yeah, leader. yeah. And I've seen that before where people are yeah. still in ministry, but they're very bitter, yeah. cold, yeah. don't want to be around people. They've lost their twinkle in their eye. They've yeah. lost their laughter. They've lost their joy for it. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. Um, and they're on their fifth Botox. Yeah. You know, they're trying to keep it together. They're yeah. like, I'm here. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Ministry really killed you. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, and Ash and I have said this before. We've shown up to small circle gatherings of sure. pastors that are 30, 40, 50 years older than us. And after leaving some of those gatherings, we left discouraged because we yeah. were like, if that's the end of this journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it wasn't everyone at those meetings. Sometimes sure. it would be like half of them yeah. looked really rough. Yeah. And I don't mean physically. No, I, I know just what mean, you mean like spiritually, yeah. mentally, emotionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe physically in sure. some cases. Sure. Yeah. It just cost them. Yeah. And you can tell like they lost their kids in the process. They mm-hmm. lost relationship with grandkids wow. because they were more addicted to ministry than to mm-hmm. maybe than to a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And one of the things Ashley and I have talked about is like, if this ever 
gets to the point where our relationship with God and our family is losing because we're addicted to ministry, yeah. then we need to leave. Yeah. And like for the health of our own future. Yeah. Not leave victory, but we no, just sure. we need to find something else to do. Right, right. Besides right, right, right. and so I would just warn people out there, like yeah. ministry can become an uh-huh. idol. Yeah. And it can rob you of life. Yeah. But you can't blame it on the church. You can't blame it on some other culture or environment sure. or it's their fault. My supervisor, my board wouldn't let me take a week. No, no, no. We need to take personal responsibility and go, if yeah. I'm not releasing hurts and wounds and getting away to go play pickleball every once in a while, yeah. have vacation, call up an older pastor that's healthy yeah. to challenge my thinking. If I'm not personally living a life that leads to health, yeah. Then it's not everyone else's fault. It's not Victory's fault. Yeah. It's not mega church pastor's sure, fault. It's sure. not the evangelicals' fault. Yeah, it's my personal responsibility to stay healthy and yeah. still love Jesus and love people. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question. You but. certainly did. Absolutely. It reminds me of um, is it what's his name? Gene Edwards wrote that book that you Tale you of gave all the Tale of Three Kings. I read it every year. Good. Uh, and uh, there's a moment in that book i'm sure you'll remember where i absalom is about to come over to david's palace to try and take over and david's talking to some of his servants and he's telling them hey read me about the time that they rebelled against moses and they start telling him all the details of that story and so like a a figure in scripture is talking about another figure in scripture and there's a moment where david asks a question sort of sort of sarcastically and I want to I'm sure you remember it, but it's when they tell him how nuanced, detailed and heavy it can be. And it was for Moses. And David says, and men fight to become kings, meaning like yeah. who would want this? <laughs> who would want this? Once yeah, they see it like that's if you right. can do anything else. Yeah, go you do, should it. do it. I actually had a professor in college uh, say, hey, if you feel called to ministry, stand up. Everyone stood up in the classroom and he goes, OK, if you can stomach the idea of doing anything else do it yeah and he had been a pastor he had gone through so much all this stuff and so what i want to say as we conclude here today is um i wish people knew Mm. the full menu of being not just a pastor in ministry but if you're gonna be everything god's called you to be Mm -hmm. in any capacity in any category I wish people knew that it's not just dessert. (laughs) The dessert is look at this guy. He's on stage and the music is amazing. The lights. Look at this amazing room. Look at how many followers he has. Look, he's got a book coming out. Oh, my gosh. I want to be a, you know, all that stuff. And we see the um, and I grew up being like, wow, look at them. They get to be Mm. in the green room with these amazing leaders and all that stuff. And then realizing very, very, very intimately, like, that's dessert, buddy. Yeah, that's that probably 5% of what yeah. it means to pastor. So um, I just want to thank you for mm. the 95% Thanks, that Jeremy. we have no idea about that is uh, pillared by the humility and obedience you have. Because I've watched man. you not try to be the hype man and not try to just be the most popular and do this and that and whatever. And so when I look at 40 plus years of victory um, and I grew up half a mile from here and I get to work here now, I met my wife here and all the stuff that's uh, contributed. 
I constantly think about the what would uh, Tulsa look like if victory weren't here? Mm. What would 77 South Lewis look like if victory weren't here? And I think that there are a lot of um, people watching who God wants a victory to come into the earth through them. I'm not talking about a big ministry. That's great if that's the case. Um, but I think he's capable of making other things. And so mm. for some people, their victory is a healthy family with mm. good dynamics where yeah. it's not codependent and whatever. Yeah. And then for others, it's a business or whatever category it is. And what I've watched happen here that I want to say on the mic, because I, if anyone's watching still at this point or if this makes it to the uh, final version of the episode, I have watched humility and obedience here accomplish more than everything else everywhere else. Mm. So I just, whatever, like, I'm sure you're more aware of it than I am. Like things that you're like, Oh, I wish I was better at this or I wish I was doing, you know, whatever you're growing into, whatever I have observed those two things keep this place stable. Mm. When this whole category of the American church turned into kind of a game for mm. celebrity and fame and fortune and all that stuff. Wow. So if you want to say anything about that, I would love to hear it, but I just yeah. wanted to say that on the mic and thank you. And I, I hope everyone who every like 12 year old Arvin who listens to this podcast, mm. I hope he hears me. Wow. You know, I, this is what I wish I knew. Thanks Arvin. So yeah, that's beautiful. If you want to share anything else before we conclude. Yeah. I think just in conclusion, I love that. I love that you and John are going behind the scenes on victory and pulling, pulling. I, I don't think we have a curtain. I, yeah. I honestly think we're one of those ministries that is pretty open. Yeah. But at the same time, there's still plenty of things that people are unaware of that sure. go into making it all happen. Yeah. And I, I love that you and John are dissecting what is behind the scenes of yeah. everything that goes into ministry and life and church yeah. and giving people that picture so that one, they can laugh a little bit. They yeah. can smile a little bit. They can also learn some, but also probably be sympathetic and carry a little bit more prayers towards people that are carrying the load yeah. of, of what we all do. Yeah. You, John, everyone else that's been on your show. Yeah. Because we need prayer. And, mm -hmm. you know, as much as the church is there, as much as the staff of the church are there for the people of the church, mm -hmm. I also am thankful for the people of the church lifting up the hands of the staff and yeah. saying, hey, we're praying for you too. Yeah, We're with you. And I always appreciate when people come up and say, what can I do to help your staff out? You know, yeah. well, when's the last time your staff went out to eat? We mm -hmm. want to pay for them to go to a good meal. Yeah. That's always encouraging. We have different people in our church who, yeah. who recognize the work that goes into making this ministry what it is. And I love that Victory is a purple cow in yeah. the sense that that's a book, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have y'all talked about purple we, cow? We haven't, but it's a famous marketing concept that the idea yeah, is stands that it's, out. It's yeah. a rare, yeah, it's yeah. a rare place that yeah. people would stop and go, what's that over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that Victory is a large ministry that doesn't carry a spirit of celebrity vibes yeah but we obviously have people come through and speak here sure. that are well known yeah and that minister to millions i mean yeah some of the greatest preachers in the world have preached yeah, here that's right verdict jakes mike yeah. todd different yeah, ones absolutely uh, but i'm thankful that our church is known more for being a place for anybody to come right and a place where everybody 
can feel valuable yeah. and find a place and serve and connect in places like the Dream Center, mm-hmm. the Bible College, the productions that we do, sure. the Christian school, the camp that happens during the summer, and the campuses. And I think the more we can keep making Victory a place that's not um, too cool for people to, yeah. to be a part of or too big for people to be like, yeah. I need a smaller place. Yeah, I want Victory to feel like a small church in a big room. Yeah. I want it to be like, hey, we know you. Yeah. You know us. We want to show up at the hospital if your kid's there yeah. and needs prayer. We don't want you to feel like you go to this large church and nobody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Or we're only here to listen to the guy on the stage. That's right. Um, we want it to be like, no, this is a family. We're in this together. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do. I, I have this vision for the next, like, 30 years before I pass the church off someday. Yeah. Whoever is next. Mm-hmm. I want to see victory continue to become all that it can be. Absolutely. And I don't know all the details, but I do know it includes just continuing to build strong community discipleship, yeah. intentional relational building mm-hmm. things that that everyone can be a part of across mm-hmm. this campus, the other campuses, future campuses. Mm-hmm. The Dream Center. And I just feel like, man, we just scratched the surface for where God wants to take us. So thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Love you guys out there. Thank you. John, anything else? All right, great. Cool. Hey, thanks, guys. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Later.